Welcome to the Modern Woman Dilemma, the podcast for every woman striving to craft her unique path. I'm your host, Sheriki, here to share not just my journey, but the collective wisdom of women from all walks of life. No matter if you're climbing the corporate ladder, mastering creative chaos, or finding your way through life's many stages, we've got something for you. We'll bring in experts to unpack financial planning, demystify human design to tackle burnout, explore modern birthing experiences, and hone the soft skills you need to succeed. So whether you're a seasoned pro, a curious beginner, or somewhere in between, tune in for expert advice, deep dives, and a touch of humor. This is my love letter to women everywhere. Join our tribe by subscribing to The Modern Woman Dilemma, and let's navigate this incredible journey together. Today's episode is super special because I get the chance to introduce you to someone who's not only an incredible entrepreneur, but also family. She may be my aunt, but she's a powerhouse. So here's a scoop. She launched a mobile massage business that's all about innovation. We're talking massages with a virtual reality twist. And here's the kicker. She built this business from the ground up with no capital, no final year of high school, and just a load of passion and smarts. She also weathered the storm of COVID, keeping her dream alive when the rest of the world turned upside down. And that's no small feat. Through it all, she's been raising two daughters, showing them what it means to chase your dreams with resilience. So get ready to dive into a story of grit, motherhood, and the kind of adaptability that keeps a business afloat even when the waters get rough. Here she is, the one and only Nadine Hochter. Yay, thanks for having me. (laughs) So great to be here. To start off, I'm doing some rapid fire questions. Great. don't take too long to think about them. Just <laughs> come at um, me. Yes. So the first question, what is the first word that comes to mind when you think of entrepreneurship? Innovation. That's a great one. Okay. So your business incorporates virtual reality and massage. How did this unique combination come about? So I had been to a conference that was really centered around future-proofing your business and thinking about how I could future-proof a really human business. And I think everybody tends to go to the Uber of anything. If If I can use technology to bring a human in, then that's how I can solve this future-proofing problem. And it always involves an app or something like that. But I didn't want to do anything that would compromise employment of my therapists. We're more of a B2B brand. So we're not really dealing with that on-demand sort of pain point need to, you know, or pain point needing to fill that Mm. need for that pain point rather. So we needed to do something that would bring technology into the business. And I was fortunate enough to have some MBA students to who used Sheer Bliss as their innovation project. And they were talking about how we could make the six-minute moment massage, which is our biggest seller. Like that's our most popular service is a six-minute massage. Yeah, you can be amazed what can happen in six minutes. I can't and believe I still haven't experienced it. <laughs> rubbish. I still haven't experienced any of your VR stuff. <gasps> that's terrible we gotta, we gotta remedy that we'll fix it we'll fix it wow. um <laughs> that's hilarious we must fix that so yeah so we had these guys and then, and then they kind of said maybe virtual reality headsets and I thought oh that sounds expensive um but the more I thought about it the more sense it made and I was sort of pondering the idea and we went into 
pitch with Discovery. So for the international market, to give you an idea, Discovery is like one of the biggest medical aid and insurance providers. And I have a bank as well. So they've got 10,000 staff members and they had just moved into their new building in Santon, all very fancy. And we pitched to them on our massages and they just went biting. So we, we needed a hook and I just sold it. And I said, well, we do massage with virtual reality. It's a completely immersive experience. I'd never touched a headset. And it's got audio and visual effects and our clients are loving it. And it is really the best thing since sliced bread. Mm. And they were like, virtual reality, that's amazing. Yes, we'll take those 300 invoice us. So on the fly, I had to thumb suck a number, (laughs) give them a price. And unlike a big corporate like that, they paid that invoice like the next day. And I spent the next three weeks not sleeping because I thought any minute now, they're going to book. They're going to phone us. They're going to say tomorrow. And we weren't ready. And I was purchasing headsets all over the place. I was testing everything. Every bra that I went to was like, sit down. I'm going to give you a massage with virtual reality. Tell me what works. Because there's so much to it. You know, it's not just the headset. You've got to, you've got to consider the comfort of the customer with the headset mm. on. We've got to be able to massage around it. when it's got to be sturdy enough that it's not going to fall off the person's face while you're massaging. And then it was finding the right content. And we wanted it to be a virtual vacation at your desk. And that's what we got to at the end. So we now have various um, environments so we can do like we've got the northern lights so we can do like a snowscape scene we can do a scene next to a mountain we can do the beach at different times of the day so you can have like a sunset massage you could have a sort of middle of the day massage and there's so much that we can do with it and coming January 2024 we're actually launching a wellness app that will be a, like a game that staff can play and uh, that will help them get into a guided meditation that will help them to either focus on deep work or if they're feeling anxious to calm that anxiety mm. or if they're feeling happy to maintain that happiness so we put a lot of research into it uh, we've always been our massage has always been based on neuroscience and now we're just taking it to the next level where you'll be able to really just help people control their mind in the workspace mm. and a quick dose of well relaxation yeah like relaxation yeah. or we really focus on increasing productivity so mm. you know I think for me in this technology age it's so easy to get distracted you've got whatsapp and email and phone calls and you know you've got messages going off on facebook and instagram and tiktok and it's just so overwhelming to find like to get into that mindset to just sit down and focus for 20 minutes can be really difficult without interruptions. So if you can monitor your brain waves with theta waves that can actually help you get in the zone and just know that you're going to put in 20 minutes of real deep productive work, that for me is the biggest game changer. Absolutely. But I think that what's really going to help the corporate space is knowing what's causing their staff anxiety and being able to help them in that way. So if you know that you've got a large portion of people that are really feeling work pressure or job insecurity or financial stress, and you can bring in someone to coach them on those various items or know which departments need more help, uh, we can't give away the information of what's stressing someone out. You know, they could be mm-hmm. getting divorced, they could be grieving, could be anything. But if they have an idea of sort of what the bulk of their staff is suffering from, and if there's a 
pattern within that, then HR can really do something to help their staff. And I think that more and more companies are recognizing that healthy, happy staff are productive. And to retain talent, you need to make sure that the workplace is a place that fosters health and mental health as well. Mm. And you always want a remedy that's going to stand out and stick with the employee. And I think that long lasting effect is so invaluable. Absolutely. And it's also technology. You know, we do need to future proof and everybody wants to be working for a company that's keeping up with the times. So mm. I think it's really going to be a phenomenal thing. Um, and it just complements our massages so beautifully. You know, when we go in and we do massages with virtual reality, it's next level. And the usage is so great because you've got people phoning people in other buildings going, you have to come and see this. You've got to come and see this. And it's my favorite moment when I get to do a pitch to a company and someone has an experience virtual reality and I'm doing it for them for the first time. And you get like, they put the yeah. headsets on and no, you know, for people who haven't experienced virtual reality, you are in that environment. It's not like you're yeah. looking at a screen or a picture. You put the headset on and you are on the beach. You can look up at the sky and you can look around and you can look down at the sand and there'll be birds flying over. So you really are in that place. And this is what the metaverse is about, right? Yeah, it's, it's so fully immersive. Create a virtual I mean, space. Just as an example, I witnessed my little brother playing with his VR set during Christmas time last year and he was like oh shakes no come jump on and try it out and I was like oh it's just such a lame little game and you know yeah. what is it really going to do to entertain me anyway I humored him three hours later <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life because he put on this game where this, these things come and jump out at you and they're like yes. reaching for you Terrifying. and shooting you petrifying so oh, I think I was maybe a... on it for two minutes and I was like I can't do this take it away and then we spent and the rest it... of the afternoon posing ourselves as everyone tried it so it is it's hilarious so fun when we do demos we do um I mean we did a demo the other day so I've partnered with an incredible company called Weave XR and they're phenomenal. They're definitely the best in the business when it comes to content creation and virtual reality. And we work with them to create various spaces. So we pitched to an airline and we had created a virtual boardroom with their branding and we cast onto screen so that they could see what was happening. So we had a couple of guys playing a game called Richie's Plank. And we use that because it demonstrates how immersive VR is. You get into an elevator, you take the lift to the top. And then you walk off a plank off the top of a building. It's terrifying. I can't yeah. do it. I've never willingly stepped off the plank. I've fallen off, but I've never willingly stepped off. And yeah, and, and I mean, then my partner in Portugal did the whole pitch. His avatar did the pitch in a virtual boardroom with slides and videos and everything. And it was phenomenal. I left that meeting feeling like a very tech savvy entrepreneur. It was great. Yes, but this is, it is, it's a unique, innovative combination and absolutely brilliant. So well done, totally well done. And I don't think I really had a full appreciation for it until like, because, you know, you bring the relaxation to people and I was like, well, then why don't these people just like take a holiday? Becoming a mm. mom, I understand and I get it. <laughs> a six minute break is worth yes. it. <laughs> take the breaks where you can get them <laughs> absolutely so yeah full appreciation for it now 
<laughs> yes. But it's also the, you know, our massages are really, the reason why they're so short, obviously in the workplace, we don't want people getting undressed too much. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, the difference between when you have a short massage, it stimulates endorphins and oxytocin and serotonin. When you have a long massage, it it stimulates a lot of lymphatic drainage and it helps the body to detox, which is good. It's very healthy, but it can leave you feeling a little bit drowsy, a little bit sluggish after that. Um, and I'm pleased to say that we're a business where the shoemaker's children do have shoes. We make sure that everybody in the company has a massage once a month. It's compulsory. It's company policy. So, you know, Lindy, my assistant, myself did a really hard event on the weekend. It was the um, one of the biggest cycle races in Johannesburg. And we were on site from 3 a.m. So we'd been up since quarter to two. We wrapped up just before 5 p.m. So it'd been a 15-hour day. We were absolutely shattered. And without question, we had massages booked on Monday. And those were full-body massages because we needed to really just recuperate our body. And me, as the massage business owner, afterwards I was like, I can't believe how great I feel after this <laughs> massage. Like, so, you know, know you your forget. <laughs> you know your product. You forget. And I think that, uh, yeah, the you know, the idea of having a massage once a month is so valuable because it really does just rejuvenate and even if it's just to allow yourself that time to just rest, there's mm. nothing else oh, to do. It's, it's so important to find those moments, whether mm. whether it's massage or, you know, literally going for some guided meditation. I, I really struggle to get out of my head and mm. you, you need to find these moments of just peace <laughs> mm. and alone, like just being alone. Yes. Um, and quiet. And quiet. Quiet is a, a new, <laughs> another thing a rare I, commodity. I took for granted. <laughs> oh, loving motherhood. <laughs> so blessed. So blessed. <laughs> oh, no, but it's so interesting. And, you know, you are such a great natural leader. Um, so you've always kind of, before starting your own business, worked in the salon setting. Um, do you feel like your leadership came naturally um, from yourself or from people that you picked it up from through your career? No, I think I was a bossy little girl. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I showed strong leadership qualities from a very early age. So it pays always... off. <laughs> <laughs> it does pay off. Um, mm. I mean, Bella, my youngest daughter said to me in the car this morning that she'd had a comprehension that spoke around teenagers and the things they do and one of them was how come when I stand up to you it's considered back chatting when you've been teaching me my whole life to stand up for myself and I thought that that was quite profound because it is like yeah. that you know we teach girls to stand up for yourself and believe in what you want but not me not not against your mother when your mother speaks <laughs> I'm the authority <laughs> don't make me pull rank but um no, I think leadership is something that um, it is something that's been quite natural to me from a very early age. And it's uh, in school, I was never like I didn't get very involved in too many extramurals and stuff like that. But in my social group, everybody gathered at my house. I think it was mostly because my mom was really lenient and everyone was allowed to smoke there. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. I was always <laughs> sort of if there was a party, it was being held at my house. If we were making plans, I was often the instigator of that. And so planning events has really just been such a natural thing for me to get into because organizing stuff 
is a really strong suit for me um mm. you know and with my teams I I try to to kind of be as relaxed as I possibly can but I think that everybody understands that when we work hard we work very hard and I have a very high expectation of everyone um but they pull it off I mean I'm very proud of our team's work this weekend past we did the full hospitality area it was beautiful and it was a beautiful display of teamwork from all of the pre-planning to the coordinating on the day to the massages that were delivered that were just outstanding the overall happy customer and that's that's it it's all of those moving parts working together that make a great team um how did your career start so <laughs> such a crazy story um i ended up dropping out of high school because my first daughter's dad was in jail <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do it but, uh, that you but know nevertheless, I, yeah, yeah, not that I'm aware of. As far as I know, he didn't do it. I was very supportive. And uh, so, so you were 18 was, at that stage. I was 17, 17, actually. So I was 17. He got arrested. I was in school. And, um, you know, I was really fortunate. I mean, even high school, uh, I got into the high school that I went to King David in South Africa, Johannesburg, King David, Linksfield, any King Davidians pick up this podcast, please share. <laughs> um, but I mean, I went to King David because of the Jewish welfare and mm. uh, my mom really struggled throughout our lives. We we really had very little and my mom, I think, uh, needed a lot of help mentally and emotionally that she didn't really have available to her or she chose not to get and mm. so like it came time for me to go to high school and I went to the Jewish welfare and I asked them to please put me in school and they did and it was amazing no one would ever have known that I was like a completely sponsored kid wow. in a private high school it was such an incredible opportunity and if I'd really had the maturity that I have now back then as a teenager I would have finished school um, and got myself a university exemption and who knows what would have happened mm. but I didn't have that kind of guidance from my mom my sister was very upset when I left school she really wanted me to push and push until I got kicked out instead of leaving um, but you know you know everything when you're a teenager so I yeah. made the best decisions with what I had then um, and because um, because he was in in jail I decided to leave so that I could hitchhike to Krugersdorf twice a week to visit him in jail um, and then he was out on bail and at that point I was working um, I'd gotten a job at like a marketing company and I was doing reception work so I was doing like admin kind of stuff and that taught me a lot I think that if there are two jobs that everybody should do in their life it's waitressing and admin work and um, you really do like you learn so much about the ins and outs of a business and I've always been business minded. I think I always knew that I'd be an entrepreneur at some point. Um, you know, like my first, like once I got given a huge bag of sweets and I sold them all. So, you know, I was always like, if I have something, I'll, I'll, I'll make money out of it. And mm. I solve problems with businesses often. So as I, um, as I left school, I kind of knew that admin wasn't something I was going to want to do forever. Um, but then I fell pregnant. So at 18 years old, I just turned 18, had my roaring 18th birthday party and discovered kind of like two weeks later that I was pregnant. Wow. Um, went Welcome to, see to adulthood. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, Grand it's crazy. Bam, thank I you, mean, ma'am. 
when I look at 18 year olds now I just think to myself like oh they're so young and then I think like and I was I mean I was like a full-blown mom I wasn't the kind of 18 year old who was like you know half-assing it at all but you had to grow up very quickly so I think maturity was you must have been way ahead of the curve I was Uh, I think me and my sister both grew up very fast like we just we the kind of lifestyle we had growing up we weren't sheltered we weren't protected Mm. you know we had to earn money for the house we had to like care for the home we had to look after our mom a lot and that that did help us grow up fast and just the childhood that we had really pushed us into adulthood a lot faster than we should have been doing the things we were doing yeah but nevertheless, it's it's molded me into who I am today. So I'm grateful for all of those difficult experiences because I think that they've helped me cope with a lot of other stuff in life and really helped mm. me develop grit that I'm, I'm very grateful for. You know, I can handle a lot. It doesn't mean I want to handle a lot. But if, you know, if the going gets tough, I can deal. And, um, and that's really useful to me. I don't break down easily. So I am, um, and then... I needed, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing admin forever. So what were my options without a matric and um, what could I do? And so beauty school made sense to me because it was a trade. I could afford it. Um, I had someone who was willing to sign surety for me and he really encouraged me to go into beauty school. And I just fell in love with the industry. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed everything about it. I'm a real people person and it's important to me that people like me and everybody loves their beauty therapist. Cause I mean, come on, <laughs> you're having a bikini wax, like all the secrets come out. <laughs> so Exposed and vulnerable. Was, <laughs> Every yeah, when the voice. panties are off, the secrets are out. <laughs> I know everybody's stories. I, I could write a book. I really could on, mm. on just my salon days on their own. I was with a colleague of mine who I trained under and we were saying we could write a book just on the salon tidbits and the stories that we've heard <laughs> and the things that have happened. You can start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I would listen it. to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean, I, I love beauty therapy. I love my time in salon. But it got to a point where Robin's dancing day changed and I couldn't... Um, it got to a point where I was working every Saturday and working late every Thursday and it um I just felt like I was missing everything about Robin's life and growing up and I wanted more time I wanted more time um I also was quite broke so I like considered pole dancing for a bit because <laughs> I was still young I was like 20 yeah I was 21 no I, I was 23 when I started Sheer Bliss so, you know, I thought about what my options were and how I could make money and what I could do. And um, then decided that starting a business would be better. So started off doing kids pamper parties, called my company Pixie Tricks. We did children's parties and I knew I wanted to get into corporate. I knew that there were companies in Australia that went into people's offices. So I knew that that was where I wanted to be. So I built a website um I didn't have money for that so I gave my one of my mates girlfriends manicures and pedicures for a year so then they built me a website and got me listed on Google and managed my SEO and everything for me and it was when websites were still quite new it was like just the yellow pages was just coming out and technology was coming in so I had a website and um, that's where I got all my business and we just sort of came into corporates and in 2010 um we had the world cup and 
all of the sponsors in South Africa were just spending money on World Cup sponsors and not massaging their staff. Mm. So revenue dropped dramatically. And I thought that that was a good time to rebrand. And I kind of thought that Pixie Tricks wasn't going to be taken seriously in the wellness mm. space. And so that's when I was also pregnant. I'd had a baby. And um, so like sort of business wasn't what it should be. And I thought that that was a good time to rebrand and reinvent the company. And that's when we became Sheer Bliss. And that was in 2009, 2010, thereabouts. And um, and now we've got three branches. I can say that Sheer Bliss is undeniably the leader in corporate massage in South Africa. I think that we definitely the front runners. No one else is doing virtual reality, which I'm surprised mm. by. I thought that people would sort of catch on to it by now. But they just don't have that vision. They... It's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And it is expensive. I mean, we changed our headsets this year. And um, they're not cheap. But, mm. you know, that's what our business does. And so if we're going to keep doing what we do, we have to do it in the best possible way. Because that's the way Shebliss is. Mm. We don't compromise our quality. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we employ qualified therapists and we wanted, like, I wanted to create a space where beauty therapists would be able to work and have flexible working hours and income and broaden their knowledge in the health and wellness space. And so as a result, as a business, that's what we do. All of our therapists, we've got an incentive program where they can get their driver's license through the company or they can get a course through the company. So my vision is that when they leave Sheer Bliss, they leave better than what they started. And when someone sees Sheer Bliss on a CV, that that therapist is incredibly employable because we have a reputation for having a high standard with our beauty therapists. A lot of companies in South Africa take on these ladies. I don't know. They always say that they find them in rural areas. You know, they'll take them and teach them a massage or teach them how to do a manicure, but they're not really qualified. You're just creating a position for someone who can't work anywhere else. And then you have carte blanche on what you want to pay them. <laughs> And that's not our approach. We like to pay off. We've got a reputation for paying our staff well. We pay five times the industry rate. Amazing. And, you know, we're billing corporates. So we're in a position to do that. It is different in a salon. So, you know, your margins are very different in a salon. So we make it possible that our therapists do well. And from next year, we'll be implementing a, a profit share amongst the whole company. So we're trying to create that's a amazing. mindset with our staff that um, if the company makes profit, then you get a bonus at the end of financial year. And mm -hmm. whoever's worked hard will benefit from that. And I'm hoping it will make people more mindful when they leave products and radios and decor at events and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, it's those little things yeah, that cost a company or yeah, they're just getting to an event late. And then we have to compensate a customer and helping them understand what the cost to the company is. You know, I think the best way to do that is to share the profit with them and let them be a part of that from a, um, you know, get them thinking more about the business as a holistic being instead of it just being the job today so helps them i think get that entrepreneur spirit and mm. those are valuable skills that they can take forward onto their next venture in life okay so we've we've kind of um dissected a lot there if you could go back and give your high school self a piece of advice what would you give her hmm I think finishing school is a big one, you know, just because it gives you so many different choices. I mean, one of the things about being an entrepreneur now is that, um, you know, as I plan to travel and, and live in other parts of the world, 
I have 17 years experience in running a business. So I can run a business end to end, but I don't really have a qualification to do that. So, you know, there's nothing really on paper. So I consider doing an MBA. I consider doing some kind of degree so that I have something like that. Um, you know, on the, on the other hand, the world is also my oyster. You know, if I if I exit my business and I and I have the opportunity to take a little oh. sabbatical, this is the dream. Take a little sabbatical and then be able to just decide what I want to do. And I've thought about so many different things from birth photography to um, you know, like being a carer or being a nurse. I really love working with mm. people. That's one thing I know for sure is that I have to work with people. But I also love virtual reality and I love business and I get very excited about big deals. Oh. So, you know, virtual reality is probably where I'll end up going. But it's nice to have those choices. But yeah, going back to my past self and giving her some advice, it would probably be just to just stick it out and finish school at the very mm. least so that you've got that and you've got the choices to go to university if you want to and have those options. Arthur, um, Arthur agrees. <laughs> Arthur agrees. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't regret, look, having a baby young was very hard, but I don't regret it. I mean, even yeah. though, even though there were difficult times, I love that I'm 40 and Robin is, 21 turning 22 and yeah your relationship so is amazing it really is and um, I think you know having her so young it's just made you that much more resilient and you can definitely see that in the success of your business yeah thank you yeah I think so I mean I think that it was all harder you know I have moments when I look at my business and I compare it to other businesses that launched in the same year and what they've done um you know the Sorbet brand in South Africa was launched the same year as Shebliss and um, we sort of started the companies at the same time and they've got all these stores they've got like hundreds of stores around the country and it's it's a different model because it's a franchise but it's also um it's also the difference of what funding makes so you know I often boast that I started my business with no capital but is that really the smartest business move because if I had the money where would Sherbliss be today if I'd had the funding it would have been a very different company today um and even now I'm, I'm going on a conference tomorrow with the Oppenheimers and they're giving out three million rand in funding for businesses and wow, you know the amazing. question is what would I do if I had three million rand well my Durban branch needs a lot of advertising you know and to have the budget to invest in marketing and advertising can make all the difference to a business so yeah I mean I'm, I'm proud of where we are but I think that we're just scratching the surface. There's so much more that we can do. Go. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you what your eureka moment in your business has been. I think the one of the biggest eureka moments that made it possible for me to scale the business was to delegate. Delegation. And being able to like let things go. Stupid things. Like, mm. I mean, I always joke that... I never thought that packing fudge would be such a huge part of my career, but <laughs> we give fudge with every one of our massages. So when you're going to go and deliver 300 massages, you have to pack 300 pieces of fudge. And it was like just that, just sort of going, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to let the team do this. And I can spend that time creating social media posts or emailing customers that I haven't spoken to in a while and really growing the business or finding a new strategic partner 
And, you know, with that, then eventually I got on an assistant and she's like, we call her our office multitasking ninja. She can do anything. And with her being able to do that and her being able to book the staff and send out booking confirmations and follow up on unpaid invoices, I can then focus on doing a podcast that gives mm -hmm. me exposure or speaking to strategic partners and finding new business that has much more of an impact on the business than making sure the fudge is packed the way I want it packed. You know, it's also given my team the space to grow and to feel some sense of um, autonomy at events and that they've contributed to the success of an event. It's not about me. It's about the whole team and it's about the company and putting the health of the company first. So definitely learning to delegate and let go of some of that stuff was the most powerful thing for me as an entrepreneur. It, it totally makes sense why that would be so hard for you though because you've always had to do things yourself and you know mm -hmm. be fiercely independent um mm -hmm. but, but it is such a necessary <laughs> business skill and especially a skill if you want to level up as a leader so well done for doing that doing the hard things thank you still doing it I mean yeah. post-covid I've gotten all caught in the weeds in the business again and it's literally been like the last two weeks have been as I do something I write it down and as I'm writing things down, I'm creating job specs so that next year we can bring in a new admin person. Lindy can move into an event management role and I can find someone to do our social media. And then I'm just focused on cash flow and sales. And, mm. you know, that's where I want my attention to be. And, and that's, that's how that it goes in a business. It's my... ever evolving. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> He's <laughs> guest of honor. Please. He's the producer. He put this together. He was like, I am not napping while this is happening. What do, yeah. you, what do you think this is? <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you spoke about COVID a bit. And I think your business model, it's what you need when you think of the word pivot. You mm. need something that's going to be flexible and that's going to be innovative enough to get you through those hard times. And, you know, I think there must have been that touch and go moment during COVID that is my business going to get through this and you know I think psychologically that's that's a really hard space to push through especially when there was so much uncertainty but your business has thrived post-COVID and um, I don't know if you mind mentioning you, you've recently had your business valued and to think about where where you came from zero capital um the years of hard work to even start up your business and yeah. where is it sitting there? Yeah. And it's also, again, it, you know, this comes back to uh, how fortunate I am to be surrounded by people who believe in me and who have faith in me. Um, I was really lucky that I, I never went without work during COVID. Sheer bliss couldn't support me. Um, you know, one of the biggest, I mean, I went through a phase where I kept thinking that I didn't build a resilient business and I didn't build a business that could survive a pandemic. And I really questioned myself as a businesswoman and my confidence took a big knock. And I was really, I was really grateful that I, I do run a good business and that I do put the business first. So, you know, I could draw all the profits out of the company, but I don't. And if I had been the kind of business that was struggling when I went in, I would have been gone now. But, you know, we went in strong. So we had a little bit of a runway to kind of see us through. 
and had to make a lot of big decisions, like get rid of offices and stuff like that. But we had extra money in the car. We had cash flow to cushion us for a little while. And then when that ran out, um, you know, because of the the nature of the business model, I was able to shrink it down so that it was really small. Got rid of all subscriptions. There were no credit cards. There was like, like everything was as small as we could possibly make it. And, um, you know, the downside to my staff being subcontractors was that I couldn't do anything for them during COVID. There was no government relief for them. So that sucked. Um, but the upside is that the business was able to survive. So I was hired by one of my mentors who had mentored me in digital marketing and I worked with him. He created a role for me. I mean, that kind of leadership is just phenomenal. And when things started picking up again, he also made it possible for me to do both. So I could react to any business coming in for sheer bliss um, and still manage my job with him. And that then created a space where for a year, I was still working somewhere else. And I think that any entrepreneur would do that. Any entrepreneur would get a job somewhere else so that they're not taking from their business. Yeah. Uh, but that created, that built up enough of a cushion for sheer bliss that when I came back into it, I knew that the company could support me and I didn't have to feel nervous about doing the company in at all. But I mean, during that COVID time, there was a period of time where I was doing house calls. I mean, level four, I printed a, a permit. I was like posing as a physiotherapist of essential services. I was doing a lot of bikini waxing. People were desperate for bikini waxes and pedicures. So I did a lot of that, um, but that was it. I mean, I was working at a company during the day. I was doing treatments at night. It was like capping my nights at like sort of 8, 9 p.m. And um, just doing what I had to do to cover the debit orders and make sure that the company stayed out of debt. Yeah. And I'm really proud that we came out through all of that with no debt but the business is stronger now than it ever was. So I did build a resilient business and I did build 100%. a good business and I ran a good business and that makes me feel proud. Yeah, yeah. and I'm so excited to see like what happens with your business in the next few years, you know. I think yes. you, you've you definitely got that growth mindset and you can, yeah. you can see it shine through your business. So yeah, and I think Sheer Bliss partnering with the right kind of business, um, Sheer Bliss, you know, in even with different management i think that if it has the right platform it can really go places here's my guess <laughs> hi kitty yeah, <laughs> i'm trying so hard not to do my kitty cat voice <laughs> i have a lot of listeners that have come through and requested specifically information about starting a business and you know okay. speaking to people who have the experience um what three pieces of advice would you give them so i think um the first thing is to not wait too long you know the, the, a lot of young entrepreneurs or startups have this mindset that it has to be perfect but you have to have the perfect name and the perfect logo and the perfect website and only then you can start selling and that's not true it's a business when the cash register rings so Find customers, make them promises, keep your promises, deliver, get paid. That's all you have to do when you first start out Definitely. and just yeah. start and doing that. It's taking that inspired action. You can plan things to death and you can plan a perfect business, but until you actually it's start never be doing, perfect. it's never going to, yeah, you can yeah. plan. It's never going to be perfect. In theory, and... but if you don't start, you're not going to have anything. 
Exactly. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, just start yeah. making money. Just start making yeah. money and start start building a brand. Um, if you know, if a brand is what you're trying to do. Um, so that's number one. Just do it. Just start. Number two would be, you know, like when you start a business, you don't have deadlines and you don't have um, you don't have any, you don't have like if you've come from a working environment, it's a big change to not have a boss or a manager breathing down your neck, telling you what to do next. So you've got to stay focused. And to do that, you've got to set yourself goals and how you're going to achieve them and then decide what tasks you're doing every day so that you get into the habits of actually working on your business every day. Um, and then the next thing is that, you know, as soon as you've got that business rolling, find a way to be getting other people to work in the business so that you can work on the business. Because if you don't grow it, nobody else is going to. So you've got to be the person, you're the rainmaker, you've got to make it rain. And if you're not focused on building up new business and getting it going, then you're just chugging, you know, you're just turning over. So you've got to be able to get to a place where you can constantly be growing the business. Mm. And one of my favorite books for any entrepreneur looking to, to go into business and starting out is The Entrepreneur Roller Coaster. That's by Darren Hardy. It is on audiobook as well. I Amazing. listen to that book once a year and every year I get new insights from it. Um, and another book that's really great for startups is... Um, the Vuyor Story by Miles Kubeka. It's a South African book, but he really focuses on like startups and how to start a business and uh, getting going. And he shares a lot of his business lessons that he learns along the way. So also a nice, easy read and definitely a good one for people starting out. Perfect. I'll include those in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you thank so much you. for having me on the show today. No, thank you so much the space for taking the time. Awesome. <laughs> And, I'm so um, glad we get to share your story because it really is such an inspiring one. And I think a lot of people can learn so much from the women and entrepreneurs around them. So yeah, imparting that knowledge is so valuable. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I think as women, we lift each other up. And I think that that's actually the difference with men and women in business. Women support Definitely. each other. We're like <laughs> all these trees with roots underneath the ground holding each other up. And that's how we make it through anything. So yeah, yeah keep the good stuff going. Good luck Thank with you. the rest of the show. And there we have it. It's been an absolute privilege to share this time with my aunt Nadine, who's not only a beacon of resilience, but a true leader in the entrepreneurial world. Today, we dug deep into what it really means to scale a business, the essence of impactful leadership, and the art of thriving amid life's curveballs. Her invaluable advice to fellow entrepreneurs is a testament of her journey and the tenacity it takes to rise above challenges. To everyone listening, whether you're at the seed stage of your business or perhaps your business is in full bloom, let's take these insights as a reminder that with resilience and a little bit of ingenuity, we can turn even the toughest times into opportunities for growth. A heartfelt thank you to Nadine for joining us and to all of you for listening to The Modern Woman Dilemma. Don't forget to keep the conversation going. Connect with us online, share this episode with your network, and let's keep building a community of unshakable entrepreneurs. I'll catch you next time on The Modern Woman Dilemma. <laughs>